This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Well, welcome again, and thank you for tuning in. My name is Jonah Martin, and I like to just pick right about, pick, pick up right where we left off at the other day. I, I was talking to you about Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and, and you know, most of you, you know that verse. It talks about, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And I was speaking to you about that the other day, that we were going to look at that, and we we're going to come back and talk to, it, talk to you about that. And the reason why I want to share that with you is because in my own life, as I stand here before you, as, like I said, the last time, if you had told me in 1993 that I would be doing the things that I'm doing today, if you had told me that I would be married and be married to the same woman for 23 years, if you had told me that I've been in my home for 20 years, that I'll be working for jail ministry for 21 years, if you had told me that all of these things was going to come about in my life in 1993, I would have called you a liar and a, and, and a fool because I didn't have no consistency in my life except for one thing, and that was drugs and alcohol and always making some bad mistakes. Um, every time it turned around, it seemed like no matter how good things became in my life, it seemed like I found a way to destroy those things. Uh, always seemed like coming back and starting over. And so one of the things I'd like to share with you today is, again, like in Romans, uh, Revelation 12, 11, that says we overcome only one way. We don't overcome because of education. We don't overcome because of programs. We overcome only because of the blood of the Lamb. Uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse, verse 12 says, There's no salvation in any other way, any other name, except for the name of Christ. And one of the things that we're going to learn as we go further and further in these studies is we have got to stop limited, limiting the grace of God, the salvation of God, to just the profession of faith that we're going to heaven. We have to get it to the place to where it covers every area of our life as God intended it. And so Revelation 12, 11 say we overcome Satan, the opposer, the accuser of the brethren by the blood of the lamb, not by your denomination, your tradition, not by your education level, not by your bank account. You overcome by the blood of the lamb and the blood of the lamb must have a superior place in the word of your testimony. And the, might, the, the, the main emphasis of our testimony should be about the precious blood of the Lamb of God. As John says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world in, in John chapter 1 and verse 29. So when we begin to look at the blood of the Lamb, then we have to look at our testimony. One preacher have said, you will not have a testimony until you have passed the test that God himself has placed before you. Once you and I pass the test, then our testimony come into play. We must never take it away from the blood. Your testimony must be always about what the blood of the Lamb of God have done for you. What, have, what victories have it brought about? What things have it restored in your life? And remember, if the blood of the Lamb is the power of your testimony, then you should never, ever be ashamed 
of how God found you, where he found you, what he found you doing. And again, a lot of people that I know today uh, have 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 jeopardized their testimony because they've been ashamed of how God have found them. Remember, Revelation say you do not love your life unto the death. And I believe that it becomes a death of your testimony. You begin to separate yourself from how God found you. We must understand that our testimony will give people a clear picture and a clear view of what the blood of the lamb can do for them. That's the reason why a lot of people can say that they know that all things work together for the good. And yet, when you look at their life, you do not see all things working together for the good. When we talk about all things work together for the good, that means the good, the bad, and the ugly. A lot of people don't want to talk about all of those things. They, they, you hear people saying, I want to just forget my past. Well, your past is what made God send his son Jesus. He came to seek and to save that person, that past that you're ashamed of. That's why I love the word when Jesus says, I'm not ashamed of you, Jonah. I'm not ashamed to call you my brother. And yet some of the times that's the way we feel. We feel like we are ashamed of our brothers. And I believe that the reason why we become ashamed of them in their lifestyle is because we forget how God found us, what he found us doing. First uh, Peter four. We talked about that the other day. And in first Peter four, we I didn't read all of it, but this is what I love about God's word. He doesn't hide any of the things that his servants does. I, I hope that you when you study his word, you see that. There's some things that some of the servants of God did that to me, from a humanly perspective, I think maybe you should have left that part out, God. You know, David and Bathsheba, you know, come on, maybe we could have just skimmed over that, but not God. He brings all of it out. He shows us all of the badness of it, of their lives. Like with Paul, Paul goes back and he reemphasizes this with, P with Timothy. He tells Timothy, I was a blasphemer. I was an injurious person. I persecuted the church of God. He doesn't hide any of that. And yet so many of us today who call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we do not like to tell people who we were before the blood of Christ was applied to our lives. And because of that, we give people this false sense of what Christianity is supposed to look like. Like you're supposed to be perfect. You're not supposed to make mistakes and you're not supposed to do this. Again, Romans 5, 8 is one of the staple verses of my, of my testimony and of my life. It's that God was demonstrating his love toward us and that while we were yet sinning, you need to just meditate upon that. While we were yet sinning, Christ Jesus died for us. And yet most of us that say we love God and that we believe in the love of God, we allow sin to come between us. And I'm praying that through these lessons, as I share my testimony and my knowledge of the gospel, that it would help some of you. Because again, in 1993, I learned all of this while I was incarcerated in Bell County Jail in nine months through a, a, a through the ministry of Chaplain Ellis in jail ministry, but also through a, a volunteer by the name of Bob Winters who came in and Bob Winters greatest job was he always encouraged me to read the word. He kept putting me in the word and allowed me to read for myself. And I believe with all of my heart that that's the, that's the problem with a lot of us. We are not students of the word of God. We don't know those things that we need to know that will enable us to see all things work together for the good. And so in first Peter four, 
uh, we was reading that it says, for as, much that, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself likewise with the same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh have ceased from sin. And I shared with you the last time, a lot of us, we haven't suffered to that degree to where we cease. A lot of us, are, we're still trying to... Uh, we're still trying to work out the sin deal through other things. Paul says in Romans 13 and 14, put on the put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, and make no provisions to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And a lot of times I think that's what we're doing. Peter says, if you really have suffered, Paul says, you'll come to a place to where you realize that no good thing dwells in my flesh. No good thing. So I need to stop looking at the flesh, which is the weakest part of us. We are created in the image of God. We have we are we have a spirit. We own a soul and we live in a body. Yet we depend too much on the flesh. Listen to what else Peter says in verse two. He says that he no longer should live the rest of his life, the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men but to the will of God. And I know a lot of times while when I was incarcerated, a lot of the guys, when they come in, and you know this too, a lot of people, when they will come into the jail, they get into the word, and man, they're over there quoting uh, Bibles, they're quoting verses, they're leading uh, prayer groups, and, and all the time you see them, they're in the word, and then they'll tell them bunk and junk, and the moment they leave, they leave their Bible and they take off. And three months later, they're back in Bell County Jail. And you're sitting there saying, what in the world just happened? And sure enough, they get right back into the word. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying that that's a more excellent way. I shared with you in my testimony that when I looked at guys like that, I, I didn't really judge them. Please don't, don't, don't hear that. I'm not trying to judge anyone. But Paul says you need to mark those people. And we need to find faithful men that we follow, men that truly have studied to show themselves approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the words of truth. Because again, to me, if you can come to the place to where you believe with all of your heart, just sit around and meditate and think upon Romans 5, 8. Let it just let the Holy Spirit just give you clarity in that verse to where he says that while you are sinning, Christ Jesus is dying for you. And, and I don't know about you, but that's a love that just moves me even now while I'm speaking to you. Because most people, when they talk about loving you, they put conditions on it. They put, you have to do this, and then I'm going to do this. And, and that's just the way it is, but not with God. While we are yet sinning, God kills his son for us. And, and to me, that was, that was in, what impacted my life, just to think that God loved me in that way. And in 1993, I was having a hard time even liking who I was, even liking the person I was. I even felt the guilt and the shame of thinking with all of my heart that God loved me because I couldn't forgive myself and I could not love the person that I had become. I was so reminded of all of the people that I had hurt, all of the people that I had let down, that it almost felt like I was, was not worthy to have this love or to have this relationship with God. And when I would sit there and listen to that and I would see other men that was that I believe really had a, a, a heart for the things of God, but their actions seemed to destroy that or take it away. And, and so I, I, I wanted to know for a certainty that I would not be one of them. I didn't want to trample the, 
trample through the blood of Christ to go back to my vomit or to go back to wallowing in the sin that I had been in. I didn't want to go back to drugs and alcohol. I didn't want to go back to that loose living. I didn't want any of that again. And so when I'm reading God's word, I get to verse three. Listen to what he says. He's for us. He says, for the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. When we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, reveling, banqueting, and abominable idolatries. And when I read that, I said, it's like God is reading my mail. It's like God is reading about my life. Because what I heard God saying is, Jonah, haven't you lived long enough? Hasn't 21 years of doing drugs and alcohol, in and out of trouble with the law, uh, broken relationships, hurting everybody that you say you love. Haven't you had enough parties in your life? Haven't you raised enough, uh, I like to just say, raised enough hell in your life? Haven't you gotten enough fights? Haven't you had enough drunken parties and, and getting high? You know, that's something you need to ask yourself. Haven't you had enough? Haven't you suffered enough fulfilling the will and the lust of men? And he says, if you got this, then maybe now you should give God the same heart that you gave to the streets. Uh, John chapter 8 and verse 44, Jesus said, you're of your father the devil and the deeds of your father you would do. He was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. And I, I thought about that in my own mind. I tell people, I say, God created me the way I am. You might not like it. You might not like my life. You might not like some of the things that, that I share with you. But guess what? If we believe the word of God, and I'm hoping that you do, then I have to believe that God was there during all of those ugly times, that God was right there. And I have to believe that I was fulfilling not the perfect will of God, but I was fulfilling the will of God for Jonah Martin. And I'm going to share those things with you because the thing that God used most in my life today comes from my past that most people if you really knew all of my past and knew some of the things, you probably wouldn't like the person that I am. And that's OK, because God loves me and he loves me in spite of me. And he knows everything that I did. Some things that I wish I never done, but I was a part of those things. And again, God redeemed me. God, he reconciled me to himself and he restored me. And so when I read these things, I began to say, it's enough. I, I mean, I put in 21 years and I'm being nice. I'm talking about from 13 to 34. I'm not talking about getting drunk at 12 and 11. I'm not talking about all the things that I stole and all of the lies that I told. I'm not talking about all of the wrong things I did at eight years old, nine years old, 10. I'm talking about from 13 to 34, 21 years. Get a DWI and get out and start drinking again. Turn around, get another one. Go to prison, get out and get right back into the crime life. And a lot of you, you can relate to that. And yet we like, we like to quote that verse, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things become brand new. Yet none of those things happen. So let me try to share with you some of the reasons why I'm at the place where I'm at to where I believe that all things work together, not only for me, but for you. If we come to the place to where we understand the love of God and remember and in first Corinthians two, nine, it says that eyes have not seen nor ears heard 
the deep things to God or the love of God, but God have to reveal those things to you. And so when what I'm sharing with you, you're going to see as we go along. He said, but as it is written, I have not seen nor ear have heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God had prepared for them that love him. And so as you begin to experience the love of God, as you begin to see God's love, and I want you to understand it in two places. Romans 5, 6 says that when we was without strength in due season, Christ died for the ungodly. So God is a God that loves even the ungodly. In 93, I didn't understand sin. You talk to me about sin. I didn't understand all of that. You know, you have to go to a whole study to tell me what sin is. But when I read Romans 5, 6, I understood that Jonah Martin was ungodly. That, that pegged me. He's talking about ungodly. Oh, definitely. That's me. Ungodly. I knew that. But it says that Christ had died for me when I had no strength. So that impacted me. So God loves the ungodly. Yet people that say they love God, let ungodly thoughts and actions drive a wedge between them and their God. Remember, Romans say nothing should separate us from the love of God. And so as we go into this lesson and as we go deeper into it, I'm, I'm praying that you hold on to the things that I'm sharing with you. I know you know the scriptures, but I want to show you from a, a different place from where a person lived the scriptures out. And you're looking at a man that had to do that. I had to walk through what I had become. I had to walk through the shame of my past. I had to walk through the guilt of my past because I'm telling you, that was days. It wasn't. It wasn't it, it was it was days where the love of God was just overwhelming to me. It, it would just move me even now when I'm speaking to you to realize that God could love me to that level, to that depth to where he would kill his only son for someone like me. And, and boy, I mean, that just impacts me. And yet when I look back over my life, I would contemplate that. God, how could you love someone like me? The things that I've done, I mean, the people that I hurt, the shame that I brought up on myself and upon other people that that dare to try to love me and dare to try to care for me. And I know some of you can relate to that. They were put to utter shame to try to love someone of my caliber. And yet here's this God that is able to love us and then tell me that he's loved me with an everlasting love. And those things were... Anyway, that's that's where I'm at today. So I'm going to share a few things with you to build my case up to all things work together. You have to know this, not through the intellect. You have to know this through the place to where you experience God making all things work together for good. And I don't know about you, but I will tell you this. The things that make me rejoice the greatest is where I'm at today in spite of who I was yesterday. I can just see God's hand. And, and, and when I share with people about who I am, because I don't let anyone think that Jonah is this good person, have always been this. No, I let them know about every mistake that I've made, all of the bad decisions that I made. I let them know why. So that Paul says so that they can have hope that the same God that is able to forgive a chief sinner, surely he can forgive you. So let's look at a few things. Uh, uh, Psalms chapter one, uh, 139, verses 13 through 16. I know you already know that, but we're going to look at that real fast. And, and I hope I don't run out of time. But the point that I want you to see is 
Why is it that you can believe with all your heart that God is able to make all things work together for the good? And, and one of the things that you see in 139 and starting at verse 13, it says, For thou hast possessed my reins and thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Now, the thing that I'm trying to share with you is this. You, we have 1 Thessalonians 5.23. We, are, we, have a, we are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. Your soul is where your mind, your will, and your emotion is at. And a lot of things that people have a problem with is they don't know right well in their soul that God's ways are marvelous and that his love just his love is so awesome. When you sit down and just meditate upon the love of God, it has to surpass your thinking. And some people, they'll say stuff like, I don't see how God can use me. I don't see how God can turn my life around. I don't see how it's, it's a way for me, for me to come back from this. In verse, uh, in verse 15, he says, my substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wroth in the lowest parts of the earth. Verse 16, thy eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all of my members was written, which in continuous were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. And, and so one of the things that I, I, I like to share there is I believe that God created me. So I have to get past what my father was or what my mother was or what they wasn't. I cannot let them be the determining factors of who and what I can become. And, and it took years for me to get to that place because I've been educated and taught that if your mother and father is alcoholics and losers, then you're going to be an alcoholic and losers. We got people that teach that and they, they teach it like it is God breathed that once an addict, always an addict. Your mother and father was a drunk. You're going to be a drunk. Well, now it seemed like I was following that way. But remember, Jose 4, 6 say people are destroyed because they lack knowledge. Once you begin to gain knowledge and you begin to apply that knowledge by the working of the Holy Spirit, then you are able to free yourself from what you was yesterday. So once I began to see that, that God was the one that created and formed me in my mother's womb, then if God is who he says he is, he says that he doesn't lie, he doesn't change his mind, that he has good thoughts that he know about, that he he himself is responsible to bring about, then I started to believe in that all things can work together for the good, for those who love God. And if we love God, remember Jesus say, you'll keep my commandments, you will obey me, you'll do whatever it is that I say to you. And so that's where I started at. I started reading this, then I read Jeremiah 1.5, that God says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I sanctified you to be a prophet. So I began to see that. So that was two places where God says, he was the one that was at work, he was the one that created me, he was the one that gave me a good hope. Uh, 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 Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God himself before had ordained that we should walk in them. And so as, as I began to read that, I began to believe with all of my heart that Jonah, you can make it this time because again, I have a track record of failure. So I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, I got this. I know I got it. The day I got ready to be released from, from prison, 
was one of the most, one of the days that I was very anxious and the words say you're not supposed to be because all at once I have to now be the man that I say that I was going to be. And now I have to learn how to be a Christian outside of the, the walls, outside of the prison cell, outside of, now I'm, I'm faced with the drugs, the alcohol, and the opportunity to fulfill those lusts. And now I have to make sure that I have put on the Lord Jesus Christ and I have to make sure that I'm not making any provision to fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And so when I begin to get into this word, this is one, of the th one more verse before we get out of here. I'm going to go to Galatians chapter 1 and listen to what Paul says here. And it goes back to the same thing. Paul says that God is the one that created me and put me in my mother's womb. And guess what? He's also the God who brought me forth out of my mother's womb. And he also is the one who called me by his grace. That Remember, grace is unmerited favor. God called Jonah Martin. I don't know why he did it, but he chose to cause me by his grace. And because of that grace, that unmerited favor, remember, by grace are we saved through faith, and that not of ourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So what we have to start learning to see all things work together for good, we have to learn by the Spirit of the living God how to use our faith to access that grace, that unmerited favor. God's grace is sufficient for whatever it is that you might face, no matter what your past look like. If you'll learn by grace how to use your faith to access that grace, then guess what? Paul says all things will work together for the good because you love God and you're going to walk according to what his words say. You're going to obey him. You're going to do what he tells you to do. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you have the have started listening to God's word and you have received the Holy Spirit of God, but then he will lead you and he will guide you. Don't be so quick to take reference points from other men or from other people that's around you. Sit in the presence of God because he says, if you sit in my counsel, I will cause you to hear my words. And when you hear my words, he says, you would turn my people from their sin. A lot of times we want to spend too much time talking to other people about the things of God. Get to the place where you follow the teaching of Paul. Paul says when he first received this and he got this revelation from God, he didn't confer with flesh and blood because he didn't get it from flesh and blood. Man didn't teach him that. And guess what? No man taught me this. Bob Winters pointed me to the word of God and the spirit of the living God who wrote the word of God. He's the one that taught me this. He's the one that revealed these things to me. And I'm going to tell you now, you will go through some suffering and some crying and some heartache as you begin to walk with God when you get out. This is what I did. And I tell people now, I said, if I hadn't put in the time, that five years wasn't five years in prison. People ask me, how was it to do five years? five years in prison. You need to ask somebody who did five years in prison. I didn't do five years in prison. I walked as a free man behind those bars because I wanted to know what God's word says. So those five years were spent with me stand in the word of God. And that's what I would encourage you to do. Encourage you to do. Stay away from that TV. Stay away from dominoes. Stay away from all those games. This is not a time for you to act like you're on a paid vacation. Get into God's word. Know what the will of God is concerning you. And don't let anyone tell you what you can't do. Because remember, through Christ, we can do all things. But we have to do it through him. So, Father, I thank you and I praise you for allowing me to share with them. I thank you, Father, that you're watching over your word. And I thank you that even right now, your Holy Spirit is giving them revelation. Take the blindness off of their eyes. Allow their ears to hear, Father. Cause them, Father, to cry out to you. Abba, Father. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead them into the deep things of God. Allow them to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor, and the honor for you alone is worthy, Father. I thank you and I praise you in the precious and mighty name of your Son, Jesus the Christ, I pray. Amen.
and amen. And I'll talk with y'all next week. We'll go a little bit further into this here. And you just get into your word. As, as Paul said to the, to the Bereans, search the scriptures and see if those things that I say are true or not. Until next week, God bless you.